Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, August 20th, 2017. The text for the day is found in Genesis chapter 45, starting at verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father, and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Do we ever learn? Do we ever really learn? One of the things that I have discovered as I have read the Bible a little bit is... I think a lot of times you and I have this little problem called selective amnesia. Any of y'all ever familiar with that? Aaron accuses me of having selective amnesia all the time because there are things that I choose to misremember. I know it never happens to anyone else. And one of the things that I think we misremember is the lessons of those who have gone before us. And we fail to learn at our own peril and our own detriments. And we fail to learn because we forget that we are part of a much larger story. The hymn that we sang as our opening hymn, God of our fathers or God of the ages, is a hymn that goes back to our nation's centennial in 1876. And it's a song that proclaims the story of a previous generation. And it's a story of a statement of faith in God. It was not married to the tune National Hymn until 1892. But it's a hymn that has been one of the favorites of the church almost since its first appearance in a hymnal in 1894. And as we read those words and as we sing them out... The imagery goes through my head. What is the God 
of our fathers. Who is the God of our fathers? Who is the God of the ages? And what can I learn from those who went far before me? Do I know the God of the ages? Do I know the God that has been at work since the formation of the universe so far along ago? What kind of God do I know? Do I know an angry, bitter, wrathful God that so many like to build their churches upon? This God who has nothing good to say to anyone or about anyone and is up there waiting for you to screw up? Have any of y'all ever been introduced to that God? This means yes. This means yes. This means, wait a minute, what? Let me repeat myself. How many of y'all have been painted a picture of God as someone who is standing way over the world and ready just to zap people into the fires of hell? Any of y'all ever been introduced to that kind of God? Maybe ever seen that kind of God on TV? I'm sorry if you have. How many of you have been introduced to a God who is basically a hippie? who just loves everyone, sits around and gives everybody a high five and a hug. It doesn't matter what you do, it's all good. Any of y'all been introduced to that kind of God? Yeah. The question before us this morning, though, is not about the God of the ages, the God of our fathers, those who went before us. The question before us this morning is what kind of God are you worshiping? If your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren were to gather a hundred years from now and sing about your God, what kind of God would they be singing about? Would they be singing about a God of convenience? A God that's there when I want Him, but otherwise I want to be left alone? Would we be singing about a God who is my personal genie out of a bottle, whereas I try to rub the Bible and say, oh God, here I know I haven't talked to you in a while, but here's what I need. Any of y'all ever been taught about that kind of God? The God we encounter today in our Scripture, in Genesis 45, is found not in the Word of God, as in God speaking, but the God that we find in Genesis 45 today is a God working through one who has been hurt, who has been beaten, who has been disowned by his family, one who has been sold into another area, and one who has been forced upon him to have a new identity. One who can be full of anger and bitterness and rage because those who were supposed to love him turned their back on him. Joseph. The one who was abandoned by his brothers. And yet, rather than being angry and bitter, rather than being trapped into his past, rather than being one who was full of vengeance and hatred and wrath, the God that Joseph shows us this morning is a God of reconciliation and redemption. And his brothers had come in, and Joseph had some stroke in the land that he was in, and he sent everyone away. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. 
But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph came, said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Let me ask you this. What would your reaction be toward those who were supposedly your family, who turned their back on you? What would your reaction be to those who sold you into Egypt? What would you do if you could face them? I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that I would be laying out the welcome wagon for them. I'm not sure I would be ready to high-five and hug it out. I think I'd sit down and have a lot of questions. Friends, who is it in your life or in the life of those that you love who has sold you out? Maybe not physically into slavery. I hope not. But who has sold you out and abandoned you and tried to uh, send you away? I want you to think about that for a minute. I want you to think long and hard. Joseph goes on and he says, And do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Faith in God, my friends. Faith in God is a hard work. Faith in God is a hard work. And it is a hard work because it forces us to run away from what would be our natural human instincts of self-preservation, our natural instincts of anger and rage and bitterness and wrath. It's a hard work because it would force it forces us to not look at our own circumstance, but it forces us to look at God's work in the world. Joseph said, For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in this land two years, and there are five more to come in which there will neither be a plowing nor a harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father of Pharaoh, lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Can you imagine what was going through Joseph's mind during that time? Can you imagine what would go on through your own mind? In no way... Don't want to leave you with the impression that God orchestrated all this in such a way that when you look at things that have happened to you, you go, well, hey, 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 God must really be punishing me. Or God must really be setting it up. For today's story is not a story of causation, but a story of redemption. For we see in this that even in the midst of our most difficult times, God is at work for ours and others' benefit. Joseph had a choice. Joseph could be a man full of bitter anger, rage, wrath, unforgiveness. God, you know, God could have set it up in such a way to force Joseph when he faced his brothers to turn his back on them. But listen, 
God has made me a father of Pharaoh, a lord of all his house, and rule over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children, and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you had. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. Do you see what's going on there? Do you see how God is at work even when we cannot see Him? It's all a matter of focus. It's a matter of perspective. What do you do with those who hurt you? What do you do with those who anger you? Now, in no way am I saying to put yourself in a position for harm or abuse, but what I am saying is Joseph had a choice here. He could either be controlled by his situation. He could be controlled by the circumstances that led him into that situation. Or Joseph could have looked at a shot for redemption. I sometimes think you and I don't learn these lessons. We get, our, we get our dander up whenever we're hurt or those around us are hurt. Instead of looking at a God of redemption and a God of restoration and a God of wholeness, we never learn very much that when we are not people of love and forgiveness, when we are not people who embrace Christ, we are the ones that miss out. We are the ones that do not hear. We are the ones that miss out on the grace, peace, and love of Jesus Christ. The tragedy of this is not what happened to Joseph being sold into a land of slavery. The tragedy is you and I still don't get it. And that leads us to our third thing that we see here. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry up and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And then he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them, and after that his brothers talked with him. My friends, we must learn that freedom, freedom from our past, Freedom from our past demands forgiveness and reconciliation. Freedom from our past demands forgiveness and reconciliation. Joseph could very easily have said, I want nothing to do with you after what you did to me. I'm not going to have anything to do with this. I got mine. You got yours. That's it. See ya. But now Joseph understood that freedom from our past demands forgiveness and reconciliation. This week and these past two weeks in our country, we have seen what happens when people are full of hatred and rage. We have seen what happens 
when we let anger dominate our hearts and our minds. We have seen what happens when we are not people of forgiveness and reconciliation. God of the ages, God of our fathers, that hymn was written as a way to say thanks to God and a prayer for our country's future. That hymn was written with those who would come along 120, 130 years later asking the same question. So I ask you, church, this morning, do we ever learn? Do we ever learn that faith in God is a hard work? Do we ever learn that even in the midst of our most difficult times, God is at work for ours and others' benefit? Do we ever learn that freedom from our past demands forgiveness and reconciliation? You can look at the news, you can read online, you can hang out in a restaurant, and you will discover real quick what happens when we are people who do not learn. The story of Joseph goes back a few years, actually a few millennia. But the truth contained in this story is as relevant today as it was then. Let us be people who learn. Let us be people who understand that this is hard work, but that God is at work. And let us understand that if we are ever to move forward from our past, if we are ever to be free from our past, we had best be in the business of forgiveness and reconciliation. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of Deritter, Louisiana. Find out more about us at fumcderitter.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash fumcdr. Have a blessed day.